What's up, y'all? Welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we're already having. Shout out to all of our returning listeners and a high five and hello to everybody joining us for the very first time. It is the last episode of 2023, our holiday spectacular and best of, and I am joined by two of my good friends, two of my very dear friends, and I'm going to introduce them in just a second, but I'm really excited for this episode to come out. We've had lots of incredible conversations this year, and this one is going to be the cherry on top of the conversational pie that was this show in 2023. It's the first full year of the pod. Um, This particular one crossed that milestone in October, but really felt like we hit our stride in May. So it's almost like we're not even a year old yet. And there are lots more things to come in 2024. I'm very excited for it. And just a quick heads up, I will be back with another episode to kick off the new year next Tuesday. There might be a guest. There might not. I'm not 100% sure yet, but we are going to make it happen. And it's going to be great. Um, all right. So because this is the last episode of the year, a holiday spectacular and a best ofs episode based on your votes, I thought it was only fitting that I brought on some special guests to help me ring in this special occasion. It is my privilege and honor to welcome two of my very dear friends, Leah Burns and Eric Kemp to the show. What's up, y'all? Hi. <laughs> you can't just wave. They're not going to see you. Um, hello, if they're watching on YouTube, if they're watching oh, okay. on YouTube, they'll see. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes no, sense. I'm going to yeah, cut like the wave out. Two actually. people watch it on YouTube, though. So whoa, I'm just waving to those two. there is maybe five. Maybe five. Depends <laughs> on the episode. A lot of people watched the last episode. How are you? How are How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good on a holiday break from the office. So, I love it. Doing okay. I'm uh, took a two week uh, um, vacation out back to Colorado to visit my family. Uh, so I am actually in the old parents' basement. <laughs> Is that so, where your bedroom was when you were a kid? Um, not the whole time. It was upstairs, and then I was like, I want more room. <laughs> and then they moved me down to the basement, and that's where I'm at right now. Did you feel really cool when you moved down to the basement? Like, do you oh, feel like you yeah. leveled up in your maturity? Oh, yeah. And then when I was in my 20s and I had to move back in, I was like, oh, this is bad. Oh, no. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> now That's... I'm living that. I'm living that stereotype of, oh, yeah, I'm living in my parents' basement. <laughs> mm, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> Those are my roommates. <laughs> I never they thought do about my laundry it that way. Sometimes. <laughs> I had. <laughs> I lived in the basement. I've had a room in the basement for a little bit. And one time I had a part, the only time I ever had a party and hosted one in high school, um, we were down in the basement and my mom <laughs> brought Classic. pickles with like wrapped with ham wrapped around them and then mm. uh, tortilla shells and mayo. I don't know what those are called, but that's what it was. And like people were like drinking down there and stuff. And I was just trying to be cool. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, don't come down here with those. I'm like, do I'm not come to... back down here again. My... <laughs> yeah, I'm wow. trying to fit in. So it was very funny. Um, Man, Leah, have that's you ever awesome. lived in the basement? I was just about to say, that's awesome that you guys have basements because I live in the South and that is something that like a lot of homes in the South do not have. Um, we pretty mm. much just like store things in our attic. Um so I honestly don't think I've ever been in a basement. 
Um, Never been in what? a basement. Yeah, I can only just like imagine instead of going up, <laughs> just going down into like the sunken below. Because what I think of a basement is not like <laughs> the nice like white wall that I see Eric in front of. I feel like it's dingy and there are cobwebs and I feel like that's the YA version of a basement. A young adult version <laughs> of a basement, the cobweb. Actually, there were cobwebs always in the stairwell to go down yes, to the basement. Same. I mean, if I yeah, wasn't in the finished room, them. there would be a bunch of un- like unfinished concrete and like cat litter spread everywhere. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. I mean, that's that's the reality outside of this room. Is there a reason that you don't have basements in the south? Is it like a flood thing? Yeah. Um. I feel like Arkansas yeah, it, is far enough away, or no? Close yeah, to water. we we are. I feel like it is. I really don't know. I've just been told all my life that up north there are basements, and down south we just have attics or like sheds, which I'm sure you guys have sheds and stuff too. But yep, have a shed? No basement. Or had a shed? Uh, I feel like the only time I've been underground is like. <laughs> A storm shelter. <laughs> that's we, mean, storm like, shelters are kind of like basements, aren't they? Yeah. They're basically basements. Yeah. Not a lot of people always have them, though. But, yeah, some mm. they're not sometimes, like, attached to your home. Oddly enough, mm. sometimes you have to go out into the elements to get into the storm shelter. That's interesting so, to me. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. I, this is making me think of, like, movies where there's a tornado and somebody's, like, just booking it for... The shelter. But I feel like it's always connected to the house. I feel like ones that are disconnected are like bomb shelters. Mm, good point. Hmm, yeah. Not these where, that I've been where, around. Where, where it's like, now you're... Now it's like, would you rather go out in a tornado or rather go out with a bomb about to be dropped on you? That's true. I feel like the bomb shelter would protect you from both bomb and tornado, though. Is this yeah. the missing piece of conversation that we're... we're <laughs> I think so, yes. This has been the Basements and Bomb Shelters segment of the show <laughs> sponsored by you, the listener. So thank you for supporting the show so we can have these wonderful conversations about basements and storm shelters or bomb shelters or some form of shelter. And they are probably saying, wrap it up. No one cares about these <laughs> It's really We basements. really haven't been talking about it that long. And it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. That is a missing piece of conversation that we that of, of basement and shelter conversations that we're not having. Is, a is it a bomb shelter? and a northern <laughs> difference. Is we it a connected to my house? from these conversations before. That's true. We should probably just go ahead and shelter this conversation for now. Okay. And we can come back to it at the end of the show. Um, okay, so... I'm super excited to be here, like I said, with my very good friends. Um, met, have met both of them in person now, finally. We're coming in from different areas of the country, of America, because we're in America. Um, and I'm trying to think. I think I met you both at the same time. Wait, no. No way. Yes? I don't think so. Carrollton. Okay, you were there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, that's how Eric I met was Eric. There, right? and, and I'm like picturing Eric driving me around, and I'm like, okay, he had to have been there. He had to <laughs> have been there. So, met at our Johnchi show, second year anniversary in person for finally. Um, but I've big, been big fans of you both prior to that moment. I think, I don't know how I came across Leah's stuff. I know that we got connected through the Johnchi show, Kemp, me and you. Mm-hmm. 
and you had been a fan of the show and had met Nathan in the airport randomly. And then, uh, well, no met at a dinner party actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, but then we've just, you've just been my ride or die every time that I've been out to LA since, uh, over these last few years and just been an, an really incredible person. So I appreciate you for that. Leah, oh, I don't you. know. I feel like we just connected somehow via Instagram, and it was probably a book-related thing. Yes, you are absolutely right. I started my bookstagram that I barely even use now. I just use it kind of as a, like what the kids call a Finsta, like a fake Instagram. <laughs> I just put nonsense on there, really. Um, and I think I was like posting about maybe like being an Asian adoptee, probably. Mm. That's probably how you found it. Um, and I remember you being like, oh, I'm a Korean adoptee. Can't wait to follow along on your readings. And I, cause that's how I imagined what your voice was. Cause I'd never listened to the that's podcast prior. Yeah. Uh, and so then I creeped on your Instagram and was like, who is this guy? Um, and then saw that you had a podcast and I listened to like maybe an episode or two and I was like, well, that's cool. And <laughs> then I didn't listen to any other episodes. Nice. That was that in true fashion. Um, and then I guess we just started like befriending each other as you do on the internet. Yeah. Um, and you guys said that y'all were coming to Dallas and I said, I barely know this man. I don't really know <laughs> KJ or Nathan either. I'm going to show up and it'll be great. And it was. It was not weird at all. And I had such a great time. And it was like such a, it was probably one of the most extroverted things I've ever done. And you met great. us at the same time I had met Eric, I believe, in that dinner at the bar or the chicken fried spot. chicken spot. Yes. You just Eric like, had just you come rolled in. up. Yeah. yeah, we met in Patrick and I met in the parking lot yep. of the hotel that everyone was staying at. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy who I've been chatting with and in the parking lot. And that was there that. It was there it was. that like the face matched the picture on Instagram. <laughs> like you were like getting catfished by yeah, yeah, some yeah. podcaster. No, I <laughs> like, had like maybe out in like, Dallas. <laughs> we're doing a podcast. Well, so. Yeah, after I told a lot of my friends like what I was doing, they were like, you're doing what with who? And you've never met them? And I said, yeah, but don't worry. I've like done my due diligence because I grew up in the age where all of like the teachers and the parents in your lives are like, don't trust anyone on the internet. Don't give them out your first name. Don't give them out your middle name. Don't give them out your last name. Uh, but I, you know, they're, they're great guys. They are who they are off the pod as they are on the pod. So Aww. it worked out. And well, even, that. yeah, of course. And even if like they were weirdos, I had a backup. I was just going to dip. But it we'll didn't work Casual eight hour drive back to Arkansas, right? Uh, or however long it took. It was like five. That's not too bad. But it's it is okay. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Bad. A lot for uh, a few strangers. That's for yes. sure. Yes. But, but we appreciate it. I, yeah, I did the research, so you guys were not, I knew you guys most likely were not weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing the due diligence on that. And then 
we all got to hang out again in LA this past year, which was a great time. Um, for our three-year anniversary of the John Chi Show, Eric gave us a very heartfelt intro, and I was just, for some reason, listening to that episode, and I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, man, dude, you're so nice. You're so nice. So It was so off the cuff. I kept I kept asking you guys, like, hey, do you want me to prepare a speech? Do you guys want me to prepare something really nice? And it's like, nah, just wing it. And I'm like, really? In front of all these people? There's like That's 150 what, of us. We you just did a great job. It. Yeah, you, did a, you gave a great speech. It was really I, I felt touching. like uh, I was uh, uh, I was uh, like conducting a wedding. I was like, "We're all gathered here today." <laughs> you did an amazing <laughs> officiating job of well, our wedding, you. of our John Chi wedding. <laughs> John Chi wedding. Um, hey, celebration! I appreciate it. it was celebration, banquet, feast. Oh, I have a really great clip coming out tomorrow <laughs> uh, for the show. Anyways, okay. So before we move <laughs> any further into all of these random talks and our top five episodes, um. For folks who are listening right now or watching this on YouTube who may not know who each of you are, do you mind just sharing a little bit more about yourselves? Did I start, Leah? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Eric Kemp, and I am a Korean adoptee uh, who grew up in Denver, Colorado for most of his life and now lives in Los Angeles, California. Um, and uh, spent a lot of time in radio and uh a myriad of, of different jobs trying on a bunch of different hats um and most recently um i'll be starting my own podcast here soon um that's just going to be like kind of a personal journal so uh thank you for uh for the i guess the finger applause i don't know what to call that the snaps <laughs> the, the poetry the snaps snap? yeah. yeah okay <laughs> um the finger i don't know applause. what to make of it <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know what to make of it um we'll we'll it will it'll be a constant evolution of my ramblings my thoughts my feelings so um you know uh if you enjoy kind of our conversations here today and and uh enjoy patrick and leah and then hopefully uh you can follow me as well so um if they enjoy us they'll follow you Maybe that's what I, was I don't know. Wow! I hope they enjoy me. <laughs> I hope they enjoy you, and then they no, follow you because they enjoy you. Oh, that's automatic. Okay. All right, my bad. I should have. I should have known that. I should know that. <laughs> Any case, um, yeah, no, just a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be speaking with both of you. Um, I think we've already gushed over each other enough of of how we met, how we um, continue to interact with each other, and um, yeah, just once again, always, always great to meet meet up with both of you. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun night. Leah, before you go, I just wanted to note that before we got on camera, before we got on mic, we were talking about, is it okay to burp? (laughs) And I did not move out of frame or turn away very much and just did what (laughs) I always. I'm not going to lie. I watched you. But I forgot. I was just like, and then that made me think of it that we were talking about that. So Leah, (laughs) who are you and how are you? Who am I? That's a good question. I'm still figuring it out. But for now. I'm Leah Burns. Um, I am a Chinese um, transracial adoptee, and I grew up in central Arkansas, where I am still located. Um, And I grew up in a lot of white spaces, grew up in a really, like, white flight town, um, similar to you guys. Um, And it probably wasn't until, like, high school or college that I realized, oh, I think... I like 
identify as an adoptee, as an identity. And I kind of skirted around other like internet adoptee spaces, but like never, you know, put two feet in the door, um, Mm. was just peering through the door. Um, And so it's been great. Exactly. Just like searching, just like how Eric, (laughs) for those who are not watching the video on YouTube, you may or may not be missing out. We'll see. To be determined. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's been great uh, jumping into this um, adoptee community. And like we said earlier, befriending Patrick and meeting Eric and meeting all these other uh, Asian adoptees. Love meeting Asian adoptees. It is a good time, and I've been very fortunate and lucky to meet both of you. We're also Hot Ones uh, com- comrades. Um, I f- kind of forgot. Shout out to Hannah for putting us together. Hannah Lee for putting us together for Shout that. Out to Hannah. And My we... mom still talks about that, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I have people that bring it up so, from time to time as well. That's, I would that's like the to only thing I'm doing known it. from. That's the only thing? I don't yeah, think that's the only true. thing. <laughs> I would you you were just yeah. Anyways, I would like to continue doing that. We just got to find the time to get us all back together to do that because that was fun. I should have if I was thinking far enough ahead, I would have made it happen on this show. That would have been fun. Do a top five countdown as we do the top five hottest sauces. Ooh, ooh. Oh, man. Next we're, year. Oh. Next year. That last next, dab. Next Ooh. holiday spectacular for sure. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, and as we move towards the top five countdown for today, I wanted to first just kind of lead into it, getting to know you a little bit more um, and ask, you know, just some fun questions that I was thinking about as we were getting ready to record this. And then we'll move into the top five. Um, okay, so first question. This is one. This one's for both of you. What do you normally do for your winter holiday? I am such a home body. So I, if I can be like rotting on the couch or in my bed, I am doing it. Did you say rotting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just like, you know, <laughs> just, just like sitting just there, getting, laying becoming there. Becoming rotten. <laughs> yeah. The act basically. of becoming rotten. Okay. Yes. Too rot. Not being, yes. <laughs> not being productive at all. Like, Ignoring all of the responsibilities that I can. Um, and then, of course, like spending time with my mom because it's the holidays. But yeah. other than that, homebody as much as possible. <laughs> I like it. Um, so R.I.B. for you then. Rotting in bed <laughs> for you. R.I.B. R.I.B. Rib. <laughs> What's um, Leah doing? She's ribbed. Rotting in bed. <laughs> Whatever I'm, the uh, other BED is. Oh, yeah, that actually <laughs> does work there. Rib, it does Rib. work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big movie guy, so I always watch all the Christmas movies as much as I can. The, all the holiday movies. Uh, so, you know, which includes Die Hard, by the way. Um, mm. But uh, and, and speaking of that, I always kind of um, try to find new ones as well. I'm not big on the Hallmark ones, um, but uh, in more recent years, one of my favorite is Jimmy O. Yang and uh, Nina Dobrev in mm. Love Hard. That I was really cute. love. Yeah, it was very cute. It was very cute. And uh, it's something that I just kind of do. I watch, you know, Home Alone or I'll watch uh, Elf, uh, which actually is an adoptee story when you come to think of it. Um, there's just kind of, I, I've been kind of disenfranchised by 
the Christmas and the commercialism of it, but the movies still, it's like the movies and the music still kind of get to me. So mm. I guess I'm still a sucker in that regard. But uh, much like Leah, I spend time with family. Um, I'm not, despite living in Colorado nearly my entire life, I don't go skiing or snowboarding. <laughs> I didn't have that luxury. But um, yeah, it's mostly just watching uh, movies and holiday specials. Movie that you have to have on every year that you make sure you can't miss. Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful life, no doubt. Not Massive. what I thought you were going to say. That Not actually, me though, that does make sense. That you are like a, a kind of a life. classics guy. Mm-hmm. Like that's your jam. It is my jam. I love it. Uh, old, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Jimmy Stewart. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you just. <laughs> Don't, nice. I'm not going to do a Jimmy Stewart impression. You were but. wanted to so bad. Yeah, you yeah, You wanted yeah. to so bad. He can edit it out if you don't like it in the end. <laughs> yes, I... Oh, uh, Mr. Potter, you can't do that to the nice people of Bedford Falls. How dare you? Oh, Zuzu's pedals. <laughs> that wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That wasn't bad. Eric, what is the best movie that you've seen this year? Ooh, this year? Uh, gosh, I mean... That's so tough. That's such a tough question. I don't know because I've seen a bunch. Seen a Patrick, bunch. do you have one off the cuff? Um, so it's not a movie, but it's a, a series on HBO or on Max that came out this year. It's called Scavengers Reign. Um, it's like an animated Ooh. series out of this world, like sci-fi series, sci-fi horror kind of. It, mm. I just randomly stumbled across it when I was looking for something to watch one night and just binged the whole thing. It was really fantastic. Have um, you guys seen yeah. Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix? Not that is yet. on my list to yes. watch. Yeah. Dude, it's got everything that I absolutely hate and cannot stand. But oh, boy, no. I binged it. Sorry to the audio. <laughs> You're good. I- <laughs> Wait, what do you hate watched and it, you guys? Um, <laughs> I <laughs> don't really like violence. I don't really like like sexualization of women. I don't really like when there's um like prostitution involved, even though it unfortunately fit the time and the setting of the story. Um, what else do I not like? Those are like the top three that I don't really like, sure. but Oh my goodness, it was so freaking compelling. I like watched most of it in one night and maybe there are like six episodes or so. So that was like six hours, which I guess isn't really a big deal because people binge watch all the time. But for it to be a subject matter that I usually am not interested in, it was just so good, I thought. So Mm. would recommend. I like it. I'm here for it. What a great pitch, Um, right? That was a good pitch. <laughs> That's actually a great pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to watch it now. Um, okay. So your new favorite musical artist of 2023. Somebody that you discovered or came across this year. They don't have to have just come out this year. Ooh. Um uh so as I was getting into because like I remember you were talking about k-pop on the jaunty show and how like it's been a very difficult point of entry to find like yeah. you know like be resonating with that and i'm not saying that because we're korean we have to like k-pop all of a sudden because it's super popular but i had to find my 
like my entry point. And so I started looking into more of like Korean indie music. Mm. And uh, and then I got into a little bit more of folk music. And there's this band called Lee Nalchi, which does like traditional Korean folktale storytelling and singing with like like that really um, folksy vibrato that's kind of like off pitch. But then they layer it over some really kind of funky indie rock vibes. And I okay. dig the hell out of it. It's great. It's great. Um, so if you're ever in a weird mood and you want to listen to some weird music, put on some Lean Alchi. Lean Alchi. Yeah, Lean Alchi. All right, I'm going to have to check that out. I, yeah. I like the sound of that. What about it's you, funky. Leo? I love it. Um, well, you know, I really wanted to say Taylor Swift. I know. That's why I said I kept it to that you discovered this year. Mm. Um, I new to me. I actually just started listening to Blackpink. Um, while Eric mm. was talking about K-pop, they nice. even though they've like been around, obviously, I just have not really like been into K-pop. Um, but I really went hard. They were like my second or third like top artist on. Spotify. Um, and then Patrick actually introduced me to um Leong Lawrence, who I believe is a Chinese English singer. Yes. Um, and he specifically said she gives me Taylor Swift vibes. So eventually I <laughs> checked her out and I do like her music. It is like more chill. Um Yeah, like a chill so. Taylor Swift kind of. I don't know. Like, I felt like it was if people like Taylor Swift, that they would mm -hmm. probably like her music, even though yeah, it's not yeah. the, the same. Right. Yeah. I'm actually trying to, fingers crossed, get her to come on the show <laughs> in 2024. Cool. That's one of my big swing for the fences. She said she probably wouldn't be able to, but she would ask. So <laughs> it's like, all right, that's, that's awesome. cool. Good enough. Hey, you, you got to shoot that professional shot. Yeah. I got some big swings I'm taking next year, so I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, yeah. Um, that's but, awesome. Yeah, I like all of those. Blackpink, great. Lou Nalchi. Lee Nalchi. Lee Nalchi. Yeah. Nalchi. Yeah. Gotta check it out. Taylor Swift doing her thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Those are good answers. All right, next one. One thing that you worked on in 2023. I think I worked on um and actually you guys talked about it. You actually talked about it on conversation piece uh with one of your guests. I I'm actually spacing the name right now, but um being encouragement so i oh yeah i've talked about like i think when people uh ask for advice or they're asking for you know a caring ear or a listening ear um and then sometimes we kind of jump into it and immediately just try to say well you should do this or uh you know uh like do this to fix that and it's kind of like this you know um knee-jerk reaction to what they're doing and instead i i i've taken a step back to really say well i encourage you to kind of do this rather than like have it be such a forceful type of um interaction it's more just an encouragement and so it, it's it's a lot more diplomatic i thought in the in that kind of language and rhetoric so that's something that i've been actively doing is trying to be more encouraging um, rather than telling or doing or um, forcefully telling somebody to do something. 
I like that. I think it's the thing that we can all work on, especially not forcing somebody to do something that they might not be ready to do. But being encouraging, yeah. I think that's yeah, good. And that was encouraging. Amy, that was Amy Plucharzik, who we yes. talked about that in Nam. Um, she said so, she was an encouragement en- girl. En- yep, encouragement yeah. girl. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening to the episodes. <laughs> that's what this hey, tells me. I have two. Hey, I knew I had two the two right ten, people man. on for this. Uh, <laughs> Should have not said that. Uh, what about you, Leah? One thing that you've worked on, or you were working on in 2024. Mm. Or no, in 2023. Uh, seeing into the future. I am a little bit. <laughs> My notepad, though. You can add that. Um, what have I been working on? Um, probably listening to other adoptee voices as great as you know the john chi and the conversation piece patrick is um i have been trying to find other like chinese adoptee voices good because i feel like it is not as simple as like a quick little google search you kind of have to like really dig deeper um and so yeah just trying to find other chinese adoptee voices out there and Listen to their perspectives and maybe from afar befriend virtually. That's the nice thing about virtual. You can uh, you can friend from afar. Yes. And then um, you can drive like six hours to go visit Yeah, them then you the can be time. like, haven't met you, but we'll come see you. Yeah. You have a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for um, not murdering me. <laughs> Thanks for letting me get if out of your That's the alive. baseline. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is hilarious. No, I think that's great. Um, yeah. That's what you should be doing, everybody. Like, you should be always constantly seeking out other voices. Don't listen to me. Um, listen to me now, but don't listen to me all the time. Uh, once a week is fine. And then fill your week with other people's. And pick my show versus my other show. <laughs> pick this show right now. We don't need any more support on the other show. Pick this show. <laughs> I truly thought about texting y'all and saying, we need to find a snack to eat at the end of this episode so we can compete with the John Chi guys. Oh, my God. But I kind of thought that would be mad, bad but. taste. Yeah. So no, I, I think they'd no. be okay, but secretly would be mad. Um, that would be hilarious, though. Um, okay. So speaking of seeing into the future, yes, my next question is, what is one thing you're going to be working on in 2024? Yeah, I think, which I guess if I'm saying this and it's being recorded... Everyone can hold me accountable, but I think I'm going to go back to therapy. Sorry, that was like a hard launch, but I think I'm going to go back into therapy. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Just ready to go back? Mm-hmm. Break over? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. That's up. You know you have my support, and it sounds like you have Eric's support as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And actually, that's kind of right where I was kind of going to go with is my health. So as I get older... um. You know, uh, I'm encountering a lot of issues and maybe stuff genetically that I didn't know about. Um, and uh, I, I got to just take care of that. So health being number one, um, especially as I'm getting older and um, I, my body's just not what it used to be. So, um, yeah, definitely health. I'm here for it. I'm also focused on my health, continue continuing mental health and also my physical health. and. 
I got to do it in two months because then I'm going to have a baby and I need to focus on their health and not my own health. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I should have started Yay. much sooner. Yeah. You, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of that baby. So that's true. I'm going to be like, uh, baby, I don't have time for your cries. <laughs> I got to eat better. I got to go shoot some hoops, okay? Go Daddy got a ball. Daddy now got a ball. we know that is not the kind of partner Patrick is. Uh, yeah, I totally Emily will needs just that leave help. my shoes on the side, but we'll take care of the baby. We'll not oh put my, my shoes away or my pajamas. We'll take care of baby. Hey, speaking of your child, what books do you have for your kiddo? Oh, um, great question. Uh... I would tell you all of them if we were upstairs and I could easily access the bookshelf. It's like one full whole bookshelf of books, which I think is great. Shout out to all the family and people who bought books off of our registry. Um, that's what the mo- that's the thing that I contributed to the most was just books. <laughs> like I want as many books. I'm not selecting a single white author book. I want just as many books as possible because we're going to get all those. Um, I will say that. Um, Alicia, one of our supporters here, did send me Your some pasta. Tiger Boom. No, different Alicia. Uh, sent me a Tiger Boom gift with two um, board books that are like Korean teaching because Katie is a Korean adoptee. Um, so I really appreciated that gift. So I'm excited That's to have awesome. those. Awesome. But yeah, we got a whole a whole slew of stuff, which I'm really excited That's about. Awesome. Yeah, well, I wish I, I could selfishly- say. I was selfishly asking so I knew what book to purchase for your child because I don't want to purchase a book you already have. Yeah. um, Well, even if that happens, I won't tell you. And then I'll gift it to a friend who has a baby who needs that book. Very thoughtful. Because I'll keep yours. And then I'll gift the one that we got Re- originally. Regifting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> baby books. <laughs> That's a I'm thing. Not, I'm not going to lie. Whenever I gift a baby book to a baby, I literally write in that book so those parents will not regift it. <laughs> nice. That's actually really smart. <laughs> that is to smart. be honest. That's great. I wonder how many regifted books have just a cutout section in the first I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's to our continued and ongoing health journeys in 2024. I'm proud to be on it with you both. It. It's going to be good. It's going to be good for all of us. And to wrap up this little portion, I have one individual question for each of you. Oof. So I'm going to start with Leah. Leah, what is the most impactful book you read in 2023? Oh, this year. Gosh, I actually only read 32 books this year, and I can't even think. Oh, sorry. Only. Um, <laughs> I, man, I should have looked at my list. I should have known you were going to ask. Um, I read half of You Should Be Grateful by Angela Tucker, mm. Mm, um, yeah. and it was the half that I did read oops because i'm a mood reader um <laughs> was so good and i just love yeah. reading adoptee authored books because it's just so validating and even though you get all of the validation from all of these other adoptees like when you go out and seek it out it's just still it just kind of feels like the first time and you're like wow someone else understands what it's like yeah. So for now, I would say you should be grateful. I love that. That's a great Thanks. answer. Shout out 
Angela Tucker. Great book. Um, go get it at your local bookstore if you can. And thank you for that answer. Um, all right, Eric. It took me a minute to think of... I had like multiple different questions for you. But oh, no. in light of even today's news, I'm definitely going to ask sure. you this question. It was specifically about Shohei Otani signing with mm, the Dodgers. Uh-huh. However... We've just found out today that his Japanese teammate, um, his Yoshinobu team Japan, Yamamoto, yep, yes, just signed with the Dodgers as well. So mm-hmm. my question was originally, will Shohei succeed with the Dodgers, as in win a World Series? But now I want to ask, do you think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series in 2024? In 2024, if they don't win the World Series, that is going to be an utter disappointment. <laughs> you just spent $1 billion between two players and uh, one of one of which deferred six hundred and eighty million of those dollars, um, you know, to the later part of his career. Which I mean, gosh, the, let the next ownership figure that out. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> I I think they 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 got a tough road ahead of them. Um, granted, Juan Soto got went to the Yankees, so the division in, in the NL West is going to be a little bit, you know, less competitive. Uh, I mean, you still have you can steamroll over the Rockies, um, my Rockies. The Diamondbacks <laughs> have a nice young squad. The Giants actually just signed um, a Korean baseball player, the best KBO mm. hitter um, that we've seen um, for it was like one hundred eighty million dollars. Um, but in the Giants, uh, Giants versus Dodgers is always kind of like a 50 50 throughout the season. I know Leah's just enjoying all this sports talk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> honestly, I do think the Dodgers win the world series. And actually I think they win multiple, um, so long as, uh, you know, they can keep bringing in the talent and Andrew Friedman's done a wonderful job in assembling this team. Now it's up to Dave Roberts to manage the ongoing pressure of, of, uh, fulfilling that destiny of winning the world series. I can 100% yeah, I everything see. You said. Yes. <laughs> See, but I, but I would, I would third it, and only because you sound like a person who knows what they're talking about with in your sports radio voice. So I like hear <laughs> you on the radio right now or on totally. ESPN talking, and I'm like, yes, I agree with him. Um, wait, real <laughs> quick, are you a Dodgers fan? I'm a begrudging, like, I, I through obligation, I'm a begrudging Rockies fan. Um, but growing up, actually, you know, when the Dodgers would come to town. Uh, Chan Ho Park being mm. the first South Korean player um, to play over here, uh, South Korean born, I should say. Um, that was huge as far as yeah. just representation. Seeing my, you know, somebody that looks like me or vaguely, uh, he was very tall, not and handsome, not me. Um, <laughs> but he was, but being, but seeing him and and playing and like that, and I, and I always gravitate towards LA, and I love the Dodgers, the the red, white, and blue. I mean. It was it was all there, uh, but you know Rockies. Like I, I grew up watching them. They're they're my hometown team. Um, but living in LA now, I can see why. Like people love the Dodgers. People mm. love them. They're a they're a quality organization, and uh, the Rockies are just piss poor. I I hate the ownership. I hate what they did to Arenado. I I just don't. Oh gosh, they're just the dumpster fire that won't stop. Just lighting like feeding the fire. Just feeding the fire. Yeah. Yep. Well, I understand that as a Cubs fan. <laughs> I understand all of that pain. Yeah. Um, as Leah mouthed drama, a lot of drama going on over there. Uh, so I feel you, but I appreciate Man. that. And we, I'm Me? serious. I think we should start a sports podcast. <laughs> How many other podcasts can you commit yourself to? Well, I got one coming out next year. So 
a three He's at least with one that I've added into existence. Four, so technically, it's Looky a lot. There, man. Well, actually, we I do have... three already because I also do conversation notes, which is the companion podcast to this show. Comes so. out on Wednesdays, right? Comes out on Wednesdays, but this last week's was the last one because this just came out on Wednesday. This is Wednesday right now. So, woo. woo. <laughs> <laughs> hump day. All right. We're on a hump day going over <laughs> the hump from 23 to 24. Actually, yeah. No, wait. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's coming up this weekend. Um, well, thank you for participating in my section titled LB plus EK questions. That's what the se- <laughs> title of the segment LB plus EK questions equals great answers and fun. Sexiest how, title ever. That's how that equation works. So, <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. I'm going to do some cheers right here. Um, And now we're going to move on because I feel like our audience has a good feel for who you are. Both of you as individuals, as people, we learned a lot in the last 40 minutes of chatting. We learned about basements. We learned about (laughs) books. We learned about what we do for the holidays. I'm kind of already forgetting what we talked about at the beginning of those questions because I'm thinking about the basements now. I'm back to the <laughs> basements. But we're not going to go back to the basements yet. We're going to go in to the top five. Charge. I'm not going to put any of these sound effects in. Uh, I'm going to find different ones, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We have reached the climactic top five portion of this episode shout out to everybody who has listened throughout the year thank you to everybody who voted it was a top it was a close race uh for the top five so without further ado we are going to dive in and talk about the top five episodes that you the listeners have chosen for your favorites of 2023 starting off with the fifth best episode as voted on by you the listeners for 2023 and that episode is lucy sheen from september 18th as part of the bipoc adoptee conversation series and uh, i thought this was i really liked it i was really happy that this one made it because i felt like this was the one that got the least amount of love when the Mm -hmm. series came out and personally it was my favorite conversation out of all the really incredible conversations I had with that series, this was the one that I walked away with, like, just, I don't know, just it was the one that was really impacted me, I felt like, the most, as much as everyone's had impacted me. And so I was glad to see this one make it on here. Um, again, that came out September 18th, so not too long ago. The BIPOC Adoptee series was the most listened to series of any of the ones that I ran this year. Nice. And... It also led into a live event that I did in Portland with BIPOC adoptees where I did my conversation piece workshop for the first time. So shout out to BIPOC adoptees. Shout out to Liana and her whole team over there. And Mm. shout out to the listeners for voting this one in. Um, Y'all, I want to hear your thoughts and takeaways from this episode. What did you think about this particular episode, either when you first heard it or if you've heard it on multiple viewings? Heard it on multiple viewings. Listen to it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start since I already kind of cut in. Um, I thought this was one of the more intriguing ones. And, of course, I'm biased being a BIPOC adoptee myself. Um, and I thought the novelty, and I think 
why people voted, and I'm glad that they voted. But I think one of the novelty was that, it, you know, she came from a a British background or a British kind of upbringing, but it still was a very Western experience. And so mm. to have that kind of familiarity of of the Western, the the culturally and society you know, societal Western perspective, but coming from across the pond, I thought that was just so oddly refreshing and very intriguing. Um, I love what she was talking about. <clears throat> sorry, like I got a frog in my throat. Uh, I love what she was talking about when, especially as an older adoptee, not the, you know, like be ages. It's, it's just more, it's really refreshing when she was, she was talking as an older adoptee saying, Hey, we are past the stage of keep your head down and not mm. making a fuss. Like I, was like i've been shouting that from the rooftops for the longest time is that we are in a completely different generation a completely different zeitgeist and a completely different wave of where we should be taking these conversations where we should be headed um as a uh, collective adoptee so i really enjoyed that hearing that um and then just kind of speaking more on like her as a person she spoke with such clarity and uh she was so pointed with her stance and logic um, she covered such a breadth of adoptee issues that um, in such a relatively short time. So really enjoyed that. And uh, I don't want to take up too much of the time, but yeah, I, I have more on her talking about uh, media uh, adoptees and media, but I'd mm. like to let Leah kind of share her thoughts on that too. Yeah. I loved how she, or both of y'all really talked about who can and who should tell adoptee stories um, which is seems like a theme that people have been talking about forever with representation. Um, and you guys even touched on Joyride and mm. oof. Um, but <laughs> I thought this was so interesting that she mentioned this show called One Child Show. Mm, yeah. Um, and I actually have watched it. Um, and I kind of forgot about it until um she mentioned it. But it came out in 2014, and in 2014, I was like a high school senior or college freshman, and I had no idea that the um, – I, I see Eric doing the math. Yeah, I am 27. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did not have, like, the language or the knowledge of uh, be, having, like, an adoptee identity or even knowing, like, a Western view – versus an Eastern view or versus centering the adoptees experience versus like, uh, like the parents, like holding the narrative and the positive adoption narrative and stuff. Um, and so I think it would be interesting. I honestly don't think I would actually go back and rewatch the show because I do remember watching it and kind of being incredibly freaked out <laughs> by the subject matter. Um, sure. but I loved that she mentioned it because, um, it was probably one of the first, um, adoptee narrative stories that I had ever seen, even if it was incredibly jarring. <laughs> sure. Well, it's wild that you had watched that before. And it's interesting to think about sometimes when things get named like movies or shows, mm -hmm. That are either that either indirectly or directly deal with adoption or adoptee issues and be like, oh, I watched that. <laughs> You're yeah, right. Yeah. And the only reason why I did watch it is because 
the main character plays Cho Chang in the Harry Potter movies. Yep. All right. Interesting. I don't yes. I don't know what that actor's name is. But Katie Leung. We have a- Oh, okay. Not that anyone cares. Go. But I knew it. <laughs> you you knew it off over the here. top of your head. A straight up potter head. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um well I think it's a good segue, Eric. You said that you had some other thoughts about her comments about representation. Yeah. In media. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, living in L.A. and pursuing the film and television markets like I am, you 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 start to have these conversations in which you're thinking about where are we as um, uh, adoptees being able to tell our stories within the broader le- media landscape. Podcasts like these, um, uh, I recently met up with Liz Sargent and she just had a short that was getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're on the precipice of something really freaking exciting and um but there are a lot of challenges and obstacles along the way and i think lucy sheen was able to name them and very pinpoint like pinpoint them in ways that i thought were great so um speaking of kind of just the narratives that have already been out there on our behalf was uh and something that was resonating with me was that everything is adjunct to the white hero that Mm. hit me hard because like Everybody, like when I was growing up, I loved Indiana Jones, but like, and this is not an adoptee story, but well, I guess it kind of is because Short Round from Temple of Doom, you know, uh, was, I love Ki Kwan, but like the the point is, is that he was adjunct to the white hero. I never wanted to be Short Round for Halloween. I wanted to be Indiana Jones, damn it. And like, that was the point that I think you know, where we start to have that narrative shift and um, and start really thinking, like, why am I not represented in a way that is where I get to be the hero or I'm, or I'm adjunct to them or I'm the sidekick? Um, there was a lot of other things like, uh, oh, one of the biggest thing, and it's going to be an ongoing theme, is funding, 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 funding. Mm. So follow the money. And she said um, something really I thought was just spot on was trying to find funding for the unpopular narratives. Mm. I feel like a lot of times we're out here and we're trying to make, uh, she mentioned also the market feels like we would try to make it palatable for the markets. Like for what market for the widespread market? Like, sorry that my narrative is not like, you know, parallel to what your experience was right. for, you know, the, uh, whatever the major demographic is, if it's 18, 30, 18 to 35 white males, then sorry that my experience isn't like theirs. And it just feels less like catering, uh, like pa- like making it palatable and more like pandering. So sure. um, I love that. I love what she was talking about, the subterfuge of adoption and adoption narratives that already exist. I thought that was just, oh my goodness, just, that that was I think that was what drew me to that podcast and what stood out for me. Uh, a lot most. of resonance for for you in Absolutely. that conversation. Absolutely. I like it, and I think you kind of named a bunch of different things. I think you both did, but any thoughts on why you think the audience might have voted for this particular episode? Because she was so succinct. I feel mm. like like Eric said, she is older than us so i feel like she's had longer time to ruminate and to really like say we are not the adoptees are not the ones who have a seat at the table who are able to make these movies or get the funding 
Um, and then she also talked about, um, this kind of diverting from the media representation, but she talked about like a lot of her feelings of sadness about meeting other adoptees later mm. on in life. And that made me reflect on, I'm probably going to mention, mention this Carrollton weekend, like two years ago, many times, but seriously, that was just like a very personal, like pivotal, um, kind of just like healing moment, uh, in my life. And she was talking about how, um, the internet just was not a thing and was not accessible because it was not created yet. Um, and she just felt sad that she had only met these people at that certain point in time in like 2018 or 2014 or something like that. Um, and then y'all talked about the community of adoptees of people saying, oh, wait, but do you know this X, Y, and Z adoptee? Um, mm. and even though the community is, might be quote unquote small, it's still not everyone knows every other Asian adoptee, basically. I like it. Eric, anything to add? No, I think, uh, you know, I shared my thoughts earlier on, you know, I think a, the novelty of, of coming from across the pond, but still having kind of that very unique perspective on things. And, um, it was odd. It was just really refreshing. Um, yeah. I think I've been stuck in spaces where, I shouldn't say stuck, but like I've been in spaces more of the American perspective and to hear it coming from a British one. I thought that was uh, and, and hearing similarities and also differences. I thought that was just really refreshing and, and uh, something that I needed to hear. That I didn't know I needed. Yeah, I think that's why it was one of my favorite conversations uh, coming out of that series was just the. To both of your points, like she was really succinct and also because she comes from she's a little bit older than I am. She has this like lived experience, like a, a like a further experience and particularly working in media because we were there to talk about representation. Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting um, because it encapsulated a fuller idea of the adoptee as not just being necessarily Asian, but how it kind of extends outward um beyond you know just one racial or ethnic group to encompass like ev all of us and how we kind of can struggle with that and that yeah she just touched on a lot of things that you don't necessarily hear in our conversations uh from that particular perspective in america versus coming from the uk so sure. really really enjoyed that um thank you for sharing your thoughts there on that episode your episode number five lucy sheen with the bipoc adoptee series make sure you go check that out i'll have that linked in the show notes if you want to listen to it um but if you're listening you probably already listened to it because that's why you voted for it <laughs> all right coming in at number four your number four episode for 2023 was lillian barkus for our National Adoptee Awareness Month series that came out on November 20th. I forgot to do this last time, but I'm going to read quickly the synopsis of the episode before we, jive, before we jive in, before we dive in. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> on this week's episode, co-founder and CEO of Listen to Our Future, Lillian Barkish joins Patrick to talk about navigating loss as adoptees from adoptive parents to first parents and more. Lillian shares about working through grief after losing her adoptive mother early in college, what it means to honor our ancestors, and why it's important for us to understand the traumas related to attachment and abandonment. 
She also discusses the amazing work Listen to Our Future is doing in the city, that city being Indianapolis. Y'all, what did you think about this episode? What were your thoughts and takeaways after listening? I loved it. Um, I actually have only listened to it once, and that was only when I found out it was number four in your most <laughs> like favorite listens because I knew from um, the little clips and blurbs that I had seen that it like surrounded talks of grief and losing a parent. Mm-hmm. And I was adopted by a single white mom. And so mm. obviously I have a lot of like, um, like attachment toward her or, you know, maybe like, you know, that weird inner child attachment deal because trauma. But basically I knew that it might be a bit too much. And so I like waited until today to listen to it, but I loved it. I loved um, hearing about her organization and something else that I know you love being at Indianapolis resident. Yep. What do you guys call yourselves? <laughs> what do you call yourselves? Hoosers. I oh, call myself wait, a boilermaker because is- I went to Purdue, but that's neither here nor there. It's generally Hoosier. Indi- not Indianans or <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Indianites. What's a Hoosier? No. Like, Someone who went thing? to IU? I don't know what a Hoosier oh. is. That's a good question. All right, you keep huh. talking, and I'm going to look it up. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep talking. But anyway, um, while she was talking about her organization, I kept thinking of, um, in Arkansas, we have this um, 18-year-old uh, black mayor named Jalen Smith, and he is one of the youngest mayors um, in the U.S. right now. And he literally said, why should I have to go somewhere to be great when I can be great here? And I just kept thinking about that quote while the two of you were talking about living in Indianapolis and like trying to create more adoptee Asian spaces and just, you know, living in Indy. Um, And so I that's something that I really admire and respect about you two. But I also loved what she had to say about like intersectionality and then pushing back against like the positive uh, adoption narrative. And just a moment, let me flip my notes page because I'm telling you, I had a lot to say. Um, (laughs) Whenever she said that community is independent, Mm. I literally, my mind was just like, because I wholeheartedly agree that agree because for the longest time I feel like proximity really informed and like made my friendships because I always saw them either at school or at church or at work and young adulthood is really the first time that I have like decided to seek out other friendships in like different Mm. spaces um and so when she said that community is independence I thought hmm I guess it is and here I am also, independenting and communitying. <laughs> I like it. I love that. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that yes. I loved about the conversation too, for sure. I will stop there for now and let Eric go because I still have okay. more to say. But proceed, perfect. Eric. I love it. I love it. And actually, that's a perfect segue because that was the first thing that I wrote down was community is independence. And um, I think, uh, Patrick, you expanded on it where it's like, you have these nuanced these nuanced wants and needs for yourself, but you don't actually feel that freedom or independence to actually operate or even 
flourish those wants and needs until you actually get inside that community and feel feel safe within that community to do so. Um, so I thought that was really, I, I think, um, one of the most poignant topics and that that you guys touched upon. Um, something that was that I kind of like my mind was blown, you know, and the moment that Leah <laughs> talks about is um, when she was talking about how she said, I'm changing the bloodline of my family line. And I was mm. like, Oh, I like that. I like that. So it, in, in a way she's honoring her cultural heritage and her cultural roots, but also being able to hold space and uh, allow for her to acknowledge uh, the family line that she has been adopted into. And yeah. um, granted that's a privilege. And I think that's something that not every adoptee gets to have in their life. So I want to put that out there first as kind of just a, you know, um, as a preface, but it, I, I thought, you know, being able to reframe it in that regard uh, gives you a lot of powerful language to work around with and yeah. um, very empowering for once again, the independence. Right. Um and I think she also had some very simple ideological reminders and affirmations, like like telling yourself it doesn't always have to feel this way. It doesn't have to be this way. And I think being able to keep telling yourself over that, you know, over and over again that it doesn't have to be this way, but why is it? And so for her to kind of just kind of reiterate those types of um, once again, I, I mean, maybe you don't we don't have the vocabulary for it, but um just those simple reminders that we can tell ourselves um and uh i also wrote down abandonment manifestations but i'm not quite sure <laughs> we talked about <laughs> abandonment that yeah, got, okay, became good, a big good. subject of the episode good. for sure um yeah and um you know i think you know that 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 was i i just wrote down abandonment manifestations <laughs> i think uh you know uh I was just kind of nodding along the whole time. And much like yourself, Leah, I, I didn't listen to that one admittedly, um, but I'm so freaking glad I did. I really Me too. Am. I like how Me you too. also wrote abandonment <laughs> because I also wrote abandonment. And then I said, period, dang, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess abandonment in so many different ways. I think there's right. the literal point of abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then abandonment of culture, abandonment of our partners, romantic partners. That you have to have one before you experience that. But <laughs> I mean, there's aban- abandonment of friends. I I had a good friend of mine who I thought you know was a good friend, and I don't know, maybe we still are, but um, they ghosted me, and I was just like, well. Mm this sucks. I don't know mm. what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with his life. And, um, I thought we were good. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, we're not talking anymore. And that sucks. And, yeah. uh, that's something that I had to kind of reel back and say like, okay, well, you know, he's an adoptee too. And so I, I'm just trying to think of, you know, maybe he's dealing with his own types of abandonment. Maybe he's protecting himself in, in some regard. So I think, yeah, abandonment kind of permeating throughout all of our, um, intersecting identities and, and personalities and character characteristics of who we are um, is it, it it being able to explore that through um, our adoptee identity, I think can help uh, navigate uh, our other relationships with abandonment. Well, it's really like I... rooted in all of our stories, you know, right. And it's like sits at the heart of it. And like, she talks about like in kind of similarly to you, she says, you know, my parents got divorced abandonment. 
my mom passed away abandonment, you know, like drawing these parallels to that. And like where some people feel grief in like a different way and maybe come upon or stumble upon abandonment as they grieve someone who passes, um, especially unexpectedly. Um, I think we have already been dealing with it. It becomes compounding as opposed to just like a new discovery. I think she um, said that she wishes she her mom would have put her in therapy um, oh, yeah. from like yeah. the get go, and mm-hmm. same though. But also, Cam Lee Smalls, I want to say, posted like forever ago about how he believes that for adoptees, like the moment the child begins to miss and like their parent and be able to verbalize that is like the moment you should put them in therapy. That makes sense. And I was also thinking, wow, wish that was me, but it wasn't. (laughs) Instead, I I just had unspoken like stomach ache and couldn't verbalize. Hmm. (laughs) Why do I feel this in my tummy? Why am I feeling this intense, deep pitted pain? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think why people voted was just that very unique family dynamic that she had, right? Uh, mom passed away at 22, divorced in third grade. I mean, that unique family dynamic, I think was very interesting to hear. Um, and I think, uh, something that we don't hear too often within adoptee narratives. So I, I'm glad that she was able to share that story. And, um, you know, she was, she, I, I also love that she indirectly kind of admits that her journey and story is still a work in progress. Like mm. we are still unfinished in what it is that we're trying to do out here in our work. And so, um, you know, being incredibly self-aware, uh, I thought she was also, and this is kind of more maybe aesthetic thing, but she was super relatable and like not even in an adoptee kind of way. So yeah. like, as she was just talking about, uh, her life, um, yeah, I thought she was just super relatable. And then, uh, what I loved uh, too is that she kind of turned it around on you as yeah, she oh, asked yeah, yeah, question. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what's how we your got into abandonment, <laughs> right? Just right. And, oh uh, yeah, that's um, a good point. And um, and Patrick, you also talked about kind of reclamation and what do I get to claim as mine? Um, right. You know, and uh, I, I thought all these topics um, mixed in right with her, you know, unique family experience, and then. Um, of course, kind of amplifying that unique narrative uh, uh, and di- diasporic of of the adoptee um, community was really, really refreshing. Yeah, Same. I think people voted because of her vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. Because like what Eric said, she was just very relatable, very much like, this is the story. This is how I am now. And I am like, not done grieving because grieving is a forever process. Um, and also just like purely biased. She's also, I'm pretty sure a Chinese adoptee, right? She is. And she said that you two met because of, um, an Atlanta spa shooting vigil, I believe. So yeah, it was like an Asian American visual for the Asian American community. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that was such a wild time in, I'm sure, your guys' lives too, but especially for me being an Asian American woman and not quite even having like fully immersed myself, I guess, into the community. So it was real, um, 
interesting and comforting to see other Asian adoptees during that time, like band together and have like community even via the internet. Yeah. And she seems to be really like growing around the grief versus being like consumed by it, which I guess really is all of us. Some days we grow around it and some days we just like wallow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I loved most about the episode is just like her vulnerability and just like shit. Like you said, it just tells her story, tells it how it is. And I think she's very, maybe not at peace with like who she is and her story, but like, she's like literally modeling the process of what it looks like to claim those things and work through those things and, and do all of that. So yeah, that's Lillian Barkas for our national adoptee awareness month episode or series of episodes um, that came out November 20th for your number four episode. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, y'all. We have three more episodes to get to. Um, This next episode, episode three, your episode three, is our first non-adoptee of the countdown. And this episode is titled Mindfulness and Mental Health in the Workplace with Jamie Holland. And I'm going to read the synopsis real quick. On this week's episode of Conversation Peace, author and lifestyle guide Jamie Holland joins Patrick to discuss how we can be more mindful of our mental health in the workplace. Jamie shares about her journey with mindfulness and addressing her own mental health, why workplaces should invest in their their employees' well-being, and how addressing our own mental health helps us help others. Thoughts, takeaways feelings what did you think of this episode um you guys kind of touched upon thoughtfulness and kindness uh to ourselves and how that can extend out to others um i had a uh, you know i i'll speak from personal experience that in the workplace itself um i was working a software job i was like a implementation specialist which is just uh pseudo talk for project manager and they just don't want to pay you like one i was like what does that mean Right. Um, (laughs) Any case. Uh, But I remembered that like there was a bunch of things that I couldn't name at the time, but I knew it was very frustrating and I wasn't really paying too much thought or and and I wasn't being very kind to myself in that regard. I was just kind of stewing in anger and it didn't manifest great. And I ended up, you know, leaving that job and didn't want to be a part of that job anymore. And um and I think that's where uh, it was tough to con- kind of confront that. And um, I think oftentimes as adoptees, like I, I'm a, I'm kind of your type A people pleaser anyway. And so like I do that, but I do it in ways now that are a little bit more significant um, to the, to, I think the relationship rather than, just who I am. Uh, and I, I do it in ways that don't fully like do it at my expense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, I mean, Patrick, you talk about like, you know, ride or die in LA where, you know, I don't mind driving to pick up somebody from the airport. Like that shit sucks. And so <laughs> like, like I get that pain. So I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, if I was out there, it, like I put myself in your shoes. I was like, if I was out there, I'd love to have a buddy come pick me up. Um, and, and get to know the community a little bit more and drive around LA and check it out. So, I mean, that was nothing to me. Right. Um, but there are times in my life where I've definitely put others needs ahead of mine. And, Mm. um, I think, you know, extending that thoughtfulness and kindness was, was great and kind of, um, you know, from yourself first, right. You got to take care of yourself first, do that. But 
Um, she also mentioned something about practicing gratitude. And once again, as an adoptee, that's very tough. Ooh, that is very tough. That's kind of a, a hot topic, right? And in, in being grateful and, right. and practicing gratitude. But, um, you know, I, I think we have to find ways in which ways and, 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 uh, avenues in our life to be grateful. And I think if we're just kind of wallowing the whole time, um, it, that's not going to serve anybody. Well, and certainly not ourselves. Um, and then I was, uh, you know, she talked about the inner child, which I really loved. Um, and you know, it's something that I'm very conflicted with, (laughs) you know, just kind of, um, reeling back of who I was and, uh, who I am and what my inner child is saying to me right now or today or, you know, 10 days from now and a year from now. But it was it was kind of great to hear specifically target that part of our identities as human beings and in that kind of psyche. So um, I think she, in a way, tested a lot of um, uh, how do I say this? Uh, t- tested a lot of um, methodologies and and thoughts that I had in my head and in, in very great ways, um, with conversation with you. So, um, I like that. Yeah, it, was, it was a tough episode. It was a tough episode. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that. What about you, Leah? Oh my gosh. How do I follow that? All I said was <laughs> investing in employee well-being. <laughs> so support single parents, um, in workplaces and society. Um, I had a, boss just recently tell me that like we spend so much of our lives at work and that Mm -hmm. we should really Mm -hmm. enjoy it um and i feel like um employee resource groups are uh a great way to maybe get some more out of your workplace if you have that um i only recently um like in the past year recently that's still recently um, started somewhere that has employee resource groups. Um, and I'm a part of the API group, but guys, have we ever met? Nope. I'm just on an (laughs) email chain with these people. (laughs) How many emails? Um, do what? How many emails? Um, only one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Not very active. It sounds like that's okay. It exists, but at least I can say I'm a part of something. (laughs) <laughs> here for it. um but jamie did say that you have to be ready for the help like be willing mm-hmm. to say hey i need help in this situation um and i really appreciated that for sure because you can't help yourself or someone else if they're like not ready for it yeah yeah 100 percent. that's what i loved about the episode met jamie at the bookstore she was doing uh a book release for a workbook, a mindfulness workbook that she had put out. We talked about in the episode. Um, But I felt like that's what I took away a lot of was this idea of being able to take care of yourself first and knowing that that's okay. And then also kind of what you're talking about, Eric, like the idea of gratitude, not being like divorcing my adoptee feelings with it thinking about gratitude and like the other areas of my life that it can be and exist and knowing that it's not invalidating, you know, any other feelings that I have towards gratitude because I was adopted and because of stuff that happened because of that, that still all exists. 
and lives in my body and my mind and my brain. And it's okay and possible to feel that gratitude to other things, you know, when stuff happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thank you for that. Cause I think, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it is incredibly tough to kind of, um, disassociate that from, uh, it is. the kind of the narratives that we've been, been fed our, and well, fed my entire life anyway. Um, you mentioned the workbook and that's something that I also wanted to kind of talk about how, why I think people voted was that you, you guys spoke. So uh, you particularly Patrick actually spoke very highly of it. And, um, I love the way that you talked about it because it sounded like this workbook really gave you sovereignty and like agency for yourself. And it, yeah. it didn't feel like, you know, once again, encouragement, right. Encouragement right. that it, it's, you know, it's not Jamie telling you to do these things, but rather here are some tools and resources for you to think about and methodologies and ideologies to think about, um, that might help you through your current situation. You get to personalize on your own. Um, and Leah, you, you, I think you nailed it on the head was that workplace culture affects everybody. I mean, and it's highly resonant, resonant for like all of those that aren't like solo entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. and even those that have worked jobs in the past, like, you know, um, and so, and also I think there's this kind of collective, I mean, everybody's talking about the quiet quitting, the nobody wants to work anymore, that kind of thing. And people are kind of just fed up with the lack of follow through. And I, that's something that she said that really resonated with me. Um, and just once again, from an aesthetic point of view, I thought she was very bubbly and a very likable personality in general. Um, and, and so I thought, you know, well, good on the listeners to uh, vote this one in. I thought it was um, very keen of them to do so. Hell yeah. yeah. She was also utilizing her local library. Yep. <laughs> local Love library. That. That's why, that's why people voted for sure was just that local library usage for sure. The local library flex. Hell yeah. The local Patrick, library Patrick, did you get a flex. library card? Anyways, that was your number three, the episode that you that voted in. That is such a no. That is such a no. <laughs> Mindfulness and mental health in the workplace with Jamie Holland that came out on July 10th, also the earliest episode on the countdown. So... Shout out to everyone voted that in. There's a train that is going past our house right now. If you can hear that. I don't think you can. Can you hear it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. It's in the background. Um, no, I haven't <laughs> got my library card yet. Just to follow up on that query that you left me there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've been going an hour and 20 minutes. We are up on top of... Ooh, we are coming up on our top two episodes, and I appreciate you, take, again, taking the time to do this with me. I really appreciate your insights in the episodes. Um, stuff I'm going to take away and think about as I continue to invite people onto the show, think about the conversations we have. But for your number two episode, the, the episode that folks out there voted number two, this is the only solo that made it on the countdown. And so I'm interested to hear what y'all thought about this one. This is The Burden of Responsibility and the End of November, a solo episode I released on November 27th as we were getting ready to enter this month. And the synopsis for this episode on this week's episode of Conversation Piece, Patrick closes National Adoptee Awareness Month with a solo conversation about the burden of responsibility we feel regarding managing other people's feelings at the expense of our own. Hint, hint, it's an illusion. I want to talk about that. He also mm. gives a recap of the mm. November episode slate and talks about what to expect for December and early 2024. What did y'all think of this number two episode? I can't wait to hear. 
I thought it was great because I think that the burden of responsibility and the thought that, oh my gosh, I have to educate my white mom on the racism that I experience so she'll know it's real. Um, it's so real um, because I wonder like if I'm not doing it, who else will basically. Mm. Um, and I mean, ultimately though, every day I do wonder like, is it worth it? And um, I understand that like um, other adoptees might not be in a safe space that could lead sure. to a brave space, which Spoiler, I kind of touched on our number one uh, mm. episode mm-hmm. that we will talk about soon. Um, so I do understand that there is like a degree um, or a significant degree of privilege there with my relationship with her. Um, one time I legitimately told Patrick, I think we were talking about me coming on a pod someday. And I said, eh, I don't know about that. Um, and then kind of here <laughs> indirectly, here I am. But I did straight up say, I do not want to shit talk my mom and patrick basically said well you have to be honest with yourself and i'm sure he said other profound things but that is really the major thing that stuck with me and i thought it was a great solo episode and you touched on um the workshop that you led the virtual Mm. workshop with the other Mm. adoptees um which i was also there leah's a big supporter of me (laughs) 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 which i appreciate yeah, no, I, I absolutely, and great tease for the top episode there, Leah. I, I see you. I see you. Um, man, I don't know why you're so hesitant to be on a podcast. Um, yeah, you're a great podcast uh, co-host. Absolutely, do you're it. my co-host of the of the evening. If I didn't say that at the top of the episode, <laughs> I think I just said very <laughs> dear friends twice. <laughs> I'm fine with very dear friends. That's that's fine right, by me. Right. Uh, less pressure to be a host. Um, <laughs> oh, you're I both agree. doing great. Uh, but I mean, Patrick, you you kind of already touched upon this, and in, in the description was the the idea of an illusion, and I think it permeates beyond just the burden of a responsibility of of educating uh, parents, friends, loved ones um, who are not adoptees. But um, you know, it's it's beyond that. Just that specific subject and. And the concept and even like metaphor, the metaphor, the uh, concept of an illusion is just it, it hits in a way that gives you something maybe a little bit more ta- like tangible to work around with. Right. What is the illusion that's face that I'm facing before me? Right. Mm-hmm. What is this illusion that um, they told me to see? Right. Um, what is the illusion right that the media perpetuates um about adoptees and our narratives right and um i think you talked about this in in a different podcast actually i think it was one of the top five uh, because it's pretty fresh on my mind (laughs) is that um are we forcing our way through that illusion are we accepting that illusion for what it is and coming to terms with that and coming to grips with that illusion right and just accepting it for what it is are we um are we breaking through? Are we like dismantling this illusion? Right. And so whether it be the burden of responsibility of educating, you know, friends and loved ones, is it, um, the illusion of adoption as, you know, uh, as a, uh, solution, the one mm. all be all solution to things is that, you know, it, what are we doing about that illusion? So I think the illusions within, um, an adoptee's experience, I thought that's an, a topic that, 
dude, you got to explore that one. You, I mean, that alone, I think, is worthy of a whole podcast series you could do. Um, the reason why I liked it, and I think why other people voted, was that it. I think what you did was it bridges and broaches a subject that affects both adoptees and adoptive parents. And that's something that I've been really trying to advocate more for, is that you have these tertiary kind of communities um, – two adoptees right you have the mm-hmm. uh you have that triad right you have the you have the first mother you have the adoptive family and you also have uh the adoptee themselves of course and but that we have children of adoptees right we have family members of adoptees. we have friends of adoptees and i feel like these what we're saying for a, a lot of adoptees we're like we get not you know, we're getting head nods right it's like oh yeah i've heard this or like yeah i i totally resonate with this what i want is those like kind of curious head tilts from those in those tertiary communities. Mm. Right. I want to, you know, hear more about that. And I think you, you broached a topic that could help in being a point of entry for those communities. Um, And I think you also provided a lot of methodologies and mental frameworks as tools for adoptees. And, but you did it from like a personal first person perspective, right? You never said like, this is the adoptee thing. This is the universal adoptee. But you you, you framed not. it in ways that, right? And that doesn't exist. Right. It, it, like you did it from a personal standpoint, which I really loved and appreciated. And then also too, dude, I mean, you, you're coming off the heels of like murder's row of amazing combos with adoptees. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, November for people that don't know is National Adoptee Awareness Month. Um, and so you, I think leading up to that podcast um and maybe i'm just talking out of my ass here but like i think leading up to that podcast you were provided with some incredible language to grasp onto some very difficult concepts from some amazing people so coming off the heels of that and then being able to reflect on all of that uh made out to be an amazing solo show Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate both of your words there. And yeah, I had a great run of guests, Amy, as we mentioned before, Lillian, who made it in the top five, and then Lauren Reese. Um, I think sitting in person for those interviews was a big thing for me to like do for the first time for the show, but then also to really like work on the type of conversation that I want to have on the show going forward with other guests. And that those conversations really did help me like figure out, you know, how I really wanted to approach a solo. And I really want to make sure I'm focusing on what's a missing piece. You know, like that's the whole point of the show. If I'm doing a solo on unlike something like this or even Mm -hmm. like the episode of my wife, like I want to talk about I really want to, you know, stick to the ethos of the show. And it's funny because. So this episode came out and then I worked on an episode for friends of the show and former guests, Laura Summers and Katie Gagel for their show, Adopting Wellness, where Laura talks about this exact same thing in a little bit different and a little bit of a different way. And I said that I wanted to talk more about the illusion real quick because I wanted to add this Mm because after I explained my thing and she listened to my episode, she talked about that the illusion of that burden of responsibility, like for some people it is really real. Like the burden is real because of the like emotional or 
mental abuse or just any kind of abuse that they might have suffered that has put them in a position to feel like they have to do that. Mm. And like that stuff is real and didn't want it to feel like when I talk about an illusion, it's invalidating that. And so I just wanted to clarify Mm. if somebody is still with us at an hour and a half that (laughs) um, the illusion itself is the burden. The Mm. stuff that you feel because of it, like even when you've been manipulated psychologically and mentally and emotionally, like it's to feed into the burden of like being responsible to manage those people's feelings. But the, the, that manipulation and that trauma is very, very real. And so that was just a clarification I wanted to make, but I I highly suggest listening to Laura's episode. I think she talks about it more eloquently than I did um, when it comes to that, because she's had that relationship like with her adoptive parents as well Mm. and having to navigate Mm. that. And yeah. I just thought it was really ironic, or not ironic, but I just thought it was really funny that we just had a similar conversation drop at the same time, even though I think they might have recorded theirs well before mine um, and just had not put out an episode yet or for a while. But yeah, that was, it was a good, it was a good thing to unpack because I've been talking about it. I've been talking about it outside of the adoptee context and just like children and parents in general of sure. feeling like you have to take care of your, you're responsible for the way that your parents feel about something that you do and it, you mm-hmm. like then can't be yourself because right, you're true. trying to manage right. those people. Yep. Um, Leo, why do you think that people might've voted for this one? Um, because the, I feel like maybe adoptees out there feel this burden, even though you are not responsible. I'm saying this to myself too. If I ever go back into the hole, no one, you are not responsible for managing your parents' feelings. Um, yeah, we could get into it, but we're already an hour and a half in and he'll have to have me come back on another time. We'll have you uh, back on a number of time for sure. I do want to say though, that you did mention that there is virtually sometimes no room for and, but it's people mm-hmm believe it's like a seemingly either or Mm. like black or white but it's a a both and like with all of the adoptee uh complexities it's not i dislike this one thing that i have been parented to believe right but also it's not either yeah Yeah. it's not yeah it's not operating on a binary and Mm -hmm. i think if we keep trying to do that keep trying to force that we're only going to end up even more frustrated and confused. Than well, and before. it can like really, it, that really like drives a wedge between the community and it like mm-hmm. pushes people to the different sides. And like there you run into a lot of problems. And at the end of the day, like you said in the other episode or like you said in this episode, you know, like I can only speak from my own experience. So even mm-hmm. when I give advice, it's like, okay, this is what it worked for me, but that's yeah. may not work for you. So exactly. All I can do is speak from that my that specific experience. But I appreciate your thoughts on that. Uh definitely things I will take into account as I do further solo episodes. But that is your number two, the burden of responsibility and the end of November. And how fitting to be at the end of November um as we move to our number one episode as voted on by you, the listeners of Conversation Piece for 2023. It is the privilege of storytelling with june park you may know him as js park 3000 on instagram um june has been a very good friend of mine for a while now after connecting online and meeting in person a couple times 
and really grateful that he would be able to sit down and have this conversation. Quick synopsis on this week's episode of Conversation Piece, Patrick sits down with June Park to discuss the privilege of telling our stories and being on the receiving end of others. June talks about the roots of his love for storytelling, what he's learned about of the power and privilege of our stories and his role as a hospital chaplain, and how silence can be a powerful tool for uplifting and elevating the stories of other people, particularly folks from historically marginalized communities and identities. They also get into a compliment off. It's a lot of fun. This is your number one episode as voted on by y'all, the listeners. One of my favorite conversations that I was able to have this year on the show. Y'all, what did you think of our number one episode? What were your thoughts and takeaways as you listen? It was. Leah, go ahead. Leah's been chopping at the bit. Yeah, you've been chopping at the bit for this one. I admire him so much. So, so much. So when I saw that he um, was a guest, I um, knew that I actually really needed to sit down and listen to it because often whenever I listen to the John Chi or like any podcast, <laughs> um, I will start it and then I will stop it and then forget about it for like months at a time and then have to come back and restart it again. Nice. But this one I actually listened to in its entirety. And then I even came back and re-listened to it um, like this week or so. Um, and I loved that he said that we want so badly for others to see what we see, um, Mm. because it just made me, uh, even though he is not an adoptee himself, um, it just made me think about like the adoptee consciousness or coming out of the fog or post-apocalyptic, whichever mode you want to, you know, identify with or whatever, Uh, because I know for me, for what seemed like the longest time, I wanted all of these other adoptees in my life to see and feel what I felt regarding the adoptee identity and regarding like stop AAPI hate and everything that was going on. Um, But, you know, ultimately some people might not be there or ever get there and that's okay. That's uh, for each person to go on their own journey. Uh, but I loved what he also the amount of grief that he absorbs on the daily because he is yeah. a hospital yeah. chaplain and yet he still has such a gentle spirit is I think the ultimate like um, probably why people like still voted on him uh, because just he with the storytelling, he lets us know that we're not alone in like sadness and grief. Um, yes, it was good. That was a <laughs> word jumble. I like how I was so confident off. that I had. <laughs> yes, but it was great. Eric? <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. Um, I guess my initial thoughts and takeaways was, uh, you know, once again, piggybacking off of what Leah's kind of already said was that, He's an incredible speaker and conversationalist. Um, uh, very well spoken. I mean, I think that just kind of comes with the job. Uh, but also, how often do you get to hear from a chaplain, a hospital right. chaplain? Like that—that's a very unique life experience. Um, uh, Leah, you mentioned kind of like how uh, you know some quotes were kind of like you know popping out to you. Um, one was one for me was storytelling is a way of taking care of each other. I really enjoyed that. Um, and there's, um, and, and how he talked about, uh, there's always more in somebody's story. If you just 
hold that space and be patient in your own silence and you'll always get more of that story. And if not, then what is that silence or that, or that, that beat between the two people? What does that mean? You know, that, that's going to carry significance. Um, he also mentioned, uh, and this made me actually kind of feel a little bit, uh, self-conscious was, uh, that vulnerability is being commodified. And I feel like that's something that, um, I've been thinking a lot about, um, in starting my own podcast and just a personal one, a personal podcast. It's like, am I commodifying my own vulnerability here? My, uh, Patrick, I think you and I talked about this offline was like, are we giving too much of ourselves away mm. when we, when we do these things, um, when we leave ourselves so vulnerable? Um, I think also too, he mentioned how there's these traps that we fall into, how, uh, we moralize or judge somebody for our own growth. Um, and, uh, how, especially in API communities, um, how there's a lot of gatekeeping amongst minority groups mm. and, and in general of kind of like Mount assimilation, right. Is that we either gatekeep them, right. It's like, no, 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 no. you're going to have to put in the work to get to where I'm at, or it's the opposite where we rush people and they're not ready for it. And I, I really kind of loved how he framed that with, you know, a mountain and how we feel like we've reached a peak and um, uh, instead of kind of holding the space for them to figure it out um, on their own and give them tools and resources. So um, uh, like uh, what do you say? Good intention with rushed hands. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. And uh, I guess kind of just final thought on and takeaway was that, uh, and this is something that I've uh, been wrestling around with too, was that, he said, we still need that rage and we still need the sorrow. Oh, and I, I mean, those, those were some very beautiful words that came out of uh, his mouth. And I, and I thought that was very affirming for myself, who's felt angry and felt sad, you know, in, in many times in my life and didn't know why and, and felt I was still justified in mm. those emotions, but yeah. just never had the tools to figure out or, or the, or what he said, the silence, right. To take a beat to figure out you know, and navigate those feelings and figure out what, what it is that we're after. What is the aim here? Yeah. You know? Um, so just kind of being angry and aimless is no way to go through life. Uh, trust me, I've done it. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's easy to do when you don't have a support system or mm -hmm. when people aren't giving you, you know, that silence or helping to elevate or amplify or just even validate your story. Right. You know, when you're trying to express something again, it goes back to that number two episode about feeling the burden of taking care of other people at the expense of yourself. And it goes back yep. to even Jamie's episode number three about not taking care of yourself first, you know, and going out on a limb to people, please, because we can derive, you know, a dopamine hit, a, a bit of satisfaction from helping others. But yep. at the same time, we're limiting ourselves and how far we can go because we're not taking care of ourselves in that way. And yeah, love just listening to June talk because he is just a powerful speaker, eloquent speaker. You know, he's got multiple books out that people are buying because and everything that you see of he that he shares online, I feel like just generates so much positive response. And even he goes through these things where, you know, people take the wrong message or something away from something that he shares and yeah. he finds a way to gracefully deal with it. But it doesn't mean that <laughs> it doesn't mean that he isn't able to 
also feel angry, to also feel the sorrow that's generated from stuff, interactions like that. And I think I said on the episode, but like him and Cam, who you mentioned earlier, are two Mm -hmm. people that I really learn a lot from in terms of like, how do you deal with the negative interaction? How do you deal with the rage and, and the hopelessness at times? You know, it's around you. And how do you not fall into that trap? And at the end of the day, sometimes you fall in and you're going to feel those things. And it doesn't mean these other feelings can't exist or that you can't figure out how to move forward with them. Leah, you have something to say? Um, I'm glad you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Cam again, because he also is someone who just seems to have such a gentle spirit and very like calming presence, which every time I see an adoptee be real gracious toward uh, people on the internet who... I may not does think deserves grace. They give it <laughs> because just truly in my nature, I'm like, well, if you were a jerk, then you are a jerk and get out of my way. Get no out of time my way. for you. Um, <laughs> I did have something to say regarding June, but I kind of forgot it because I admittedly found the raise your hand feature and got distracted by that. Um, But I do have a little bullet point that I did not mention earlier was that I think Mm he um, also provides just a lot of language regarding what it means um, or what it can mean to be a Christian these days and Mm. addressing um, church trauma and church hurt which I personally just really um, admire and like love listening to his perspective about as well. That, that kind of speaks to how humanistic he is and um, you know, how wholesome you two were (laughs) with each other in in that compliment war. (laughs) But um, no, I I think there was some natural chemistry there as well. um, And familiarity, uh, I kind of want to go back to the whole storytelling element about how he acknowledges that we can't avoid the stats. We can't avoid the data. Um, And rather uh, this ties into humanity is that we're rather, you know, we're amplifying the humanity and the soul of these stories. Right. Um, uh, We can't forget, like, especially being a hospital chaplain, I can only imagine like, you know, yeah, we had another one on the gurney and, you know, whatever, like it can be very grim. And you can start looking at the stats and the data and like, you know, uh, the outlooks of right. and using that as an outlook and rather um, not kind of hearing more about each other's stories and and, um, and how he kind of like, gosh, navigates that very delightful line of I shouldn't say del- delightful. <laughs> I meant delicate, um, delicate, <laughs> delicate line of ambiguity. I love ambiguity. So that's why I think it's delightful. But. Um, navigating that ambiguity, right, with yeah. uh, the people that he interacts with, because gosh, that is a tough job. That is a really yeah, tough job. I couldn't and, do uh, it. Yeah, right. And then uh, Leah, you mentioned kind of like you know the language for you know uh, church hurt, right? Um, you know, in growing up Mormon myself, right, there's a lot of hurt there, and uh, and uh, Cam as well. I want to acknowledge Cam. I want to get some words in on Cam. Was that <laughs> you know he's a uh, because I because I got to talk with him, uh, we we separated some time out and we got to talk with each other and, um, yeah, he's I think you're in good company when you're talking about Cam and talking about June, hundred percent, you know, and and I think that's where, um, you know, as 
you know, Cam a therapist, and then this guy, you know, June a, a chaplain. <laughs> this guy, is, this guy, <laughs> this guy over here. Um, this guy. <laughs> sorry, my. <laughs> you, when you guys were like, J- I, I didn't know whether I was going to call him JS or June. Thanks, Leah. Um, no, all I'm saying is, uh, is that when you're listening to these guys talk, and they do it with such grace and empathy, and, um, gosh, in a in a weird way, like this very passive way i don't want to say passive but like somber what am I trying to say? So, so, yeah in a, in a way somber or or just very uh peacefully quiet in a way uh i don't know how to describe like it like measured it's like a measured yeah. gentle tone gentle yeah, yeah very gentle and um i think from a masculine perspective i think that's very refreshing um and you know being able to hold grace for those that yeah, we we were like, I don't think he deserves it. is is a great point, Leah. So, um, I just kind of wanted to uh, applaud you for that. Applause. Wait. Applause. Wait. wait. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that sound bite from? It sounds like Dora. Shout the out, KJ. Um, <laughs> KJ. 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 And Nathan, I guess we'll this. yell Nathan's name Nathan. too. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate you both sharing that. I feel like. All the same ways about June. I think one of the reasons that I loved our conversation so much and why I was happy to see it at the top was that it felt like the one of the first times that I really found myself in a conversation as opposed to an interview. Mm. And just the way that he navigates an answer and like... Mm. And again, that's why the title is like the privilege of storytelling, because like, you know, you keep talking about his work as a chaplain and in the hospital, no less. And like everything that you see and experience there is compounded by all of the family that you have to interact with as you're going through this grief process. And I think that is just incredible to be able to articulate like how that's still a privilege and not like a burden. And then like going to the statistic thing, you know, his ability to see beyond each number is a full life lived, you know, and be willing to not extract that story, but facilitate it if he can, you know, if he has the opportunity to, and to really honor like the, the individual's wishes, you know, even at the expense of maybe his own peace and comfort with having right. to talk to the family who is wanting to do something different in his case as, mm-hmm. as a chaplain. So yeah. I just really appreciate every chance and opportunity to get to have a conversation with him because it's just like, I can only help but learn, you know, and, mm-hmm. and take something away from that. And I think, again, that's just like this particular conversation just really reinforced this idea of how we can, just be a little bit more mindful, look a little bit more deeply at the people that we're talking to and interacting with and the people around them and see those ties and just know that all of these things can exist at the same time, particularly the ways that they might make you feel. And yeah, just, just a really fantastic episode. I think I can see why people would vote it to the top. Not least of all, him being one of the most well-known people that I've had on the show in 2023. <laughs> so that makes sense. But yeah. Well, I also think that you, Patrick, 
understand the privilege of storytelling yourself because of all of the people that you've met through the pod, have had on the pod, or just like have had uh, like in-person conversations yeah. or people mm-hmm. I'm sure in your DMs just saying, man, this one post resonated with me or whatever. Yeah, I've been really lucky and it has been a really big privilege. You know, I haven't had any other opportunity then to learn that, especially through the John Chi show, but then also now doing this show, just like how lucky I am to be able to do this and that people would trust us and now me to be able to share their story, you know, in whatever way they want. Yeah. Can you believe that? uh, I guess it was this year. Is that when you left your job and started doing this? Full time? So technically December of last year. So technically it has been a year now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Is it going the way that you thought it would be going? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. I it's, don't know if that's a good It's going in no? a direction. It's like okay. a, it's, it's like a thing that I, so, you know, that what the privilege of storytelling with June Park, your number one episode, shout out to everybody who voted, shout out to everybody who took the time to listen to an episode or at least five episodes this year to then pick five episodes that they will want to vote on in the top five. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, and to kind of wrap it up just in a, in a continuation of this conversation, like when I started all of this, when I started conversation piece, it was so I could have full creative control over my own thing. And it was just like, I want to talk to whoever about whatever they want to talk about. And that's all we're going to talk about. And that's how it was until april of 2023 and then i was like i should have been more business-minded more idea and had a more like central focus of what the show was going to be about which is when we switched to the conversations uh the missing pieces of the conversations we were already having and so there i found like a focus but then as i was doing all of this i was really looking at goals like downloads, like number of interactions, subscribers to the newsletter, plays on YouTube, whatever the case may be. I was looking at these goals and the numbers never were where I wanted them to be. And I recently started watching a lot of like uh, YouTube creators and stuff, just thinking about, you know, different avenues that I can do work in. And I watched a bunch of videos about the importance of the system versus the result. And so, like, I've been so focused on the results that I have not, like, I do a lot of work on the show. Like, this takes up, like, almost all of my time, even more time than I put into the John Chi Show. Shout out to John Chi Show. Um, But what I hadn't really thought about before was thinking about it as a system. I was only as a means to the end of, like, this is what I'm so focused on this goal. And I wasn't, there was a certain point in time where I wasn't, like, enjoying it. And I think that came about like coming back from Korea, going through all my own personal stuff and going to therapy that really helped me kind of get to this point of like self-love for my own identity. But reaching that point and now watching some of these things about like the importance of their process and your system and finding and deriving joy from that and being focused on building the craft and not so much thinking about why don't I have 10,000 listens on this one episode? has helped me understand this is where I want to go and that I want to be doing this show for six, seven years in the form that I want to do it in as opposed to being like, if I don't hit X in 2024, then all hell breaks loose. 
you know, there are obviously things that I need to do to be able to sustain and build sustainability. There are other avenues that I'm pursuing for stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to like what it means to be successful for the podcast, I've had to like rethink that. It's like, can I build a system that works for me that I enjoy doing that I can come back to every week. And I think I've finally found that stride that I'm working towards now. And that's all going to change in February when we have this kid. So I don't know what that's going to look like. But I think even through these five episodes, that's something that I think about. And then listening to y'all's feedback and thinking about my own experience hosting or interviewing these people or just doing the solo show is thinking about how they fit into the system differently and how even like Jamie's episode being number three could have been number five because of the way the votes landed out. This is just how I picked them out is like, that was me at my freshest in terms of the system that I'm finally finding myself in now from like a solo episode standpoint or the episode that came out with Lillian, like doing some more stuff in person, like finding different ways to do the show. Um, is really a shift in that mindset. And I think each of those things, I took something from each of those episodes and conversations that I've used to hone the system. And now I'm finally taking the steps to be like, okay, I have goals and, but I'm going to work on this thing here that will eventually allow me to reach those things whenever that is. And so that's my biggest takeaway. And that's the thing that I'm taking into, you know, I asked you before, what's one thing you're working on in 2024? Like that's the thing that I'm working on is like really keeping focus here on the process and the system and, and continuing to show up and be consistent. Oh, yeah. um, and then the results will come as they come. Absolutely. So absolutely. And when we were in Los Angeles, you shared while we were hanging out at the Prince, uh, some of those like bigger dreams and goals. And that is just so exciting uh, to hear you talk about the system and yeah. furthering the dream. Yeah, we'll see what and, happens. Uh, I know we had separate conversations, Patrick, where it's like, gosh, I'm really frustrated over this process. What what am I doing? Right. Uh, starting to question yourself. And, um, you know, I, I never saw you more excited when you were talking about, you know, uh, you know, getting involved with your local community, you know, really raising, you know, really building community there. And um, and also, too, like the you, you have a lot of life challenges and obstacles ahead of you. And so um, I think this is something that I've kept saying to you is that so long as you're in pursuit of that thesis, right? Yeah. Find your thesis. And I think you're uh, very close, if not already finding it um, as you're going along. And so uh, proud, proud of you, brother. Um, Thank you for having me on. Thank you for uh, kind of facilitating this. And this was so (laughs) much fun. It really was. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And we have had those conversations and we've had multiple conversations where I'm like down in the dumps. I'm like, we gotta, I gotta complain about something. Um, so I appreciate you being there for that, you know, the ride or die when I'm in LA, but also just the dude willing to listen and shoot the shit and bounce those ideas off and, and grow and build and be in community together. It means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. It means the world. Yeah. A hundred percent. Leah, it means a lot to have you on the show too. We've had actually after the, our workshop, we had a really good conversation. Um, and I, appreciate every moment that i have that we're able to to have conversations like that so thank you thank you for being on the show and being a part of this of course i love uh getting to chat with you and hang out yeah well as we 
<laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and truly, to anyone who's like listening to Patrick day in and day out, or maybe once or twice, he is the guy <laughs> that you see on like offline. And that was just great to know that he's not, that sounds so bad. He's not a weirdo, <laughs> but he is genuine. He is genuine. He, so. he is the guy that's going to, that when you drive six hours to go meet him, he's going to be the same guy. And I think, uh, Right, right. Yeah. Am, I, am I touching on that? Yeah, yeah he's not. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he's um, a good guy. Yeah, and he's I think a, yeah. when we're talking about like how <laughs> we're, I know, I know, we should wrap this up, but uh, it's the authenticity, right? It's the genuineness of all of it. Yeah, um, I think that's what people appreciate, and I think that we, the world, needs more of. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you both for saying those things. Just for the listeners to know at home, I'm not holding a sign up that says "compliment me" to them. That was totally unprompted compliments. So I appreciate those and I appreciate y'all. And as, yeah, as we have rolled over the two hour mark, I appreciate you sitting down to have this extended full length holiday, spectacular best of episodes episode. It just means a lot that you would sit here and have this conversation with me because I wasn't sure what this was going to be. And I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And I, would do a podcast with you two where we just talk about all that stuff we talked about at the beginning, like basements versus storm shelters. That's a whole, that's a whole series of episodes in itself is basements and storm shelters. And we can yeah, talk maybe about, maybe we don't them. have to talk about that and we could talk about something else, but I'm so there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. That'll be an episode that we talk about something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up because it has been two hours and I don't want to take up any more of your time. Again, I appreciate you both. It really means a lot that you were here for this conversation and to help me close out 2023 with a loud bang, bang. It's been a great one. Um, For everybody out there listening, if you want to give us one more review before 2023 is over, we greatly appreciate that wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We'd love you could subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That'd be great. Um, If you want to... oh connect with me you can do so at patrick in the world on instagram you can do so with the show at conversation pod peace on instagram as well what about you two where can people follow find connect communicate with you if you want them to i am on instagram uh at lee underscore uh uh real original (laughs) but i'm very proud of it very proud of it. it no one else has it I like the way you read it off. Lee. Uh, yeah. It's Love two that. H's just to let people know that sounded like five, <laughs> but it's only two. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what, what one you, right? One, you, two H's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You guys are yeah. right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And I two E's. had to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean it's not lay. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Let me tell you. <laughs> it is. Lee, uh, uh, uh. um love it say it with gumption um people can find me on instagram at kempbop so k-e-m-p-b-o-p and you can also find my new podcast that should be launching oh my gosh i'm actually telling people that when it's gonna launch on your podcast for the first time exclusive it it makes it real and makes me forcing me to do it um (laughs) we'll be in the new year 2024 
uh, January. So oh, okay. I the... was like, it's just in 2024. <laughs> that gives yeah, you a lot of time. I was like, okay. Yes, it's 2024. <laughs> just listen. Just listen. Just keep track of it. Um, and December you, 22nd, if you want the... 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a specific date. Um, I'm really going to try to, but I will kind of release the first four episodes um, in January, um, first week. So that way it gives you time to listen, figure out if you want to keep listening or not. Um, and if you want to follow that account, it's just Eric talking. So very simple, very uh, um, minimalistic in that certain sense. And it'll be a personal podcast of me just rambling um, like I'm doing right now on <laughs> my own, my buddy's podcast <laughs> instead of my own. Love it. Also, I guess if people are interested in my bookstagram, sometimes I do post there. It is at Leo Reads, but the S is actually a Z. Um, no what about a book podcast, Leah? What about a book podcast? Like a book club? Yeah, if I can't commit to a book Instagram, <laughs> I cannot commit to a book podcast. What if you, you had like to. a book club podcast where you had other people holding you accountable? No? Nah. Nah. I'm good with the bookstagram. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, we'll have all of those things linked in the show notes so people can click on them and connect with you and find them. Um, real excited for your podcast, Eric. Excited to start listening. Excited to hear. Excited Thanks, to get man. these first four episodes in my veins. <laughs> shoot them up directly into me. Uh, for people who want to shoot up directly into this podcast, you can do so at our website, conversationpeacepod.com. Um, and... <laughs> What else do I say at the end of this episode? Um, I don't really think there's links. There's going to be links to all the episodes, your top five that we talked about. There'll be links to those. Leah, you help me out. I'm going to high five. I think you usually say, I appreciate y'all. Bye. Or something like that. (laughs) I do say (laughs) that a lot in every episode, how much I appreciate everyone. Um, But yeah, that's about it. Uh, I appreciate you. If you're still here two hours and seven minutes later, um, it means a lot. It means a lot that these two are still here with me, but we are going to close it out. Just want to quickly remind you, subscribe to the newsletter, Conversation Piece, the newsletter. It will still be coming out on Mondays. New episodes of the show, Conversation Piece, will be dropping on Tuesdays in the new year. And episodes of Conversation Notes will still come out on Wednesdays. So if you want to get a hold of all of that, the best way to do so is become a paid subscriber on our newsletter, Substack, Patreon, no, not Patreon, patrickintheworld.substack.com. Um, you can join Conversation Piece, the newsletter, and have all the fun with all the people. Um, really excited for this first episode of the new year. I believe I'm going to have a guest. So I'm just going to leave you with that little tease. And for all of us here on this show right now, for Conversation Piece as a whole, I am the titular Patrick. It's been a wonderful 2023, and I'll see you in 2024. Bye. 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 Have us back, please.